You're listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Well, hello, Molly. Hi, Dad. Dad. <laughs> yeah, this is a, it's my first podcast, but I'm honored to be on it with you. Hey, great to have you on. So, Molly, tell our audience why you were invited on the podcast. Well, back in the day, um, I guess I shouldn't say that I'm 23 right now, uh, but when I was, maybe started out when I was 15, uh, working at your pharmacy. When I was in high school, probably my sophomore or junior year, and want to talk a little bit about that today because I think it was a, a very back and forth thing for me. I loved the idea of working at the pharmacy. I liked that it was accessible uh, to me as a job when I was that young. I know my friends maybe didn't have the option to work there. But yeah, so worked there for a few years, uh, went to school, and now uh, I'm a couple of years out of, out of college and uh, really just figuring out what's next for me. But it's fun to look back and know that it all started with a, a job at a pharmacy that I think really probably influenced my career choices more than I, I think it did. So yeah, I'm happy to be on here. Probably affected them, not always because of the good thoughts of it, but probably because of the bad <laughs> thoughts of it too, right? Well, yeah, I think looking back and I was kind of, I was thinking about being on here and really trying to pinpoint uh, what I learned from the pharmacy. And I think most of the bad things were also just it being my my first job, probably a lot of anxiety around even just showing up to work. But then there were also good things too about being in the, the community, especially in, you know, small town um, type pharmacy. But yeah, definitely some uh, learning lessons uh, from the pharmacy, maybe not because of, of all good things, at least in my mind. Well, to your credit, we I kind of dragged you into the pharmacy. I think that <laughs> was back right when we were trying to get through a, what would you call it, a reduction in hours, or we we had to downsize a little bit hours in some pharmacist staff. But to make up for that, we had some positions that were lacking. And so we kind of dragged dragged you in there. Would that yeah, be fair to I, say? Yeah, I guess I forgot about that up until now because I do remember it being like, just, we need you, you know, just come come work. And I think that's what really got me out of my shell in the first place um, to not just, you know, use a summer sitting around, um, but just to have, and I think I started maybe with even just 10 hours a week. But knowing that you needed, and I think when I was there, I could tell that I was needed, which I think was something new for me to actually, you know, have tasks delegated to me. But also, my two older siblings were working there already, um, so I think yes. that helped too to know that they were already involved. And I remember they seemed to really like it, <laughs> um, so I think that yeah. I was comparing it to when we used to all go on, you know, a Sunday morning, and it seemed very relaxed, which it probably was on a Sunday. Well, also because you guys got to come in and get candy and pop. <laughs> we, we got candy and pop, but I also thought all of that was free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, that's what I knew about pharmacy. Grandpa that, used to say a... that mom, grandpa used to say that grandma would always say there was money left in the bank as long as there was still checks left. So <laughs> yeah. you probably got that from grandma's side. Yeah, for real. But I, um, yeah, that's what I remember is that there, All right, were, so there were people behind the counter and candy and pop. <laughs> I know you came in during a stressful time, and I always say that you were the only employee that we could have that could tell her boss that she hated the job, yet still, <laughs> yet still have the job. You remember that? 
Yep, I remember that. That doesn't happen too often. People don't come in and just say they hate it and then just it, it doesn't and stick uh, around. But you yeah, had a nice boss. Took, I had a great boss. But yeah, I took that for granted. I think, you know, in a current job, no matter how you're feeling, you can't say that. So I'm glad I got it out then. Maybe set different, you know, it, it set my expectations differently than I thought. I guess now in jobs, sometimes you wish that you could say that. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah I do. definitely had that freedom. So if I remember, you came in for a crunch time for like, a week or something to get us by then you then you were gone for a year or two then you came back right yeah i think it also was um sports and stuff like that but if i remember correctly i think i came on it was either the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school or summer between junior and senior year which i guess that's a normal age to be working a job like that would you say or i, I, I know i started I when i was again. i started when i was 13 there but i know that yeah, sixteen or sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, yeah so I there are some different rules. So. There's actually yeah. there's actually different rules in a pharmacy. Well, not in a pharmacy, but in general, there's different retail rules. But you can actually work your children. Don't always fall under those, as far as I remember. And maybe I just mm. maybe I just made that up. But I think it's true. <laughs> I think the kids don't have to have the same. You know, they can. They can work later. You'll see that sometimes like in a party store or something where a daughter of the, the boss, you know, or a child will be there later with them and so on because right, they're they family. fall under you in a, yeah. In a yeah, they way fall under you. Regular. All right. So what, what did you hate about working? <laughs> I think I, it was overwhelming to me because there was a lot to it. And I think it, there, there were a lot of even like names of prescriptions and things that like, I remember I was working, um, started working as point of sales. So a lot of it was, and it was neighborhood faces and, and people would come in and I'd greet them and I loved that aspect of it. But even if someone would ask me a question about one of the, you know, over-the-counter medications or a bandage or something like that, it was really easy for someone who was training me or anyone else at the pharmacy, for them, it was a very simple, like, well, read the back of the box to them. For me, I think I was always like, I feel like I'm kind of a fraud here. Like, I feel like I don't yeah. really know exactly what I'm talking about. And looking back at it, I... That's what I think my anxiety was. But in, back then, it probably was more just fear of embarrassing myself, I think, um, just because right. it, it was a it was a pretty serious thing. You know, it's not like I was serving um, pizzas or something like that. It was yeah. people would come in and I instantly was like, OK, this is someone's this is health. This is medication. And I just didn't quite understand it. And I think I still have some of those anxieties today where it's like I if I don't know everything, then I feel like I'm not the one that should be helping. Right. Um, but also it was a very, um, and you know this, but it was, you, you were kind of thrown into things because like you said, you were in a point where you, you needed things to get done sometimes. And I also would be, a, so I'd be in a point where I, you know, have a box in my hand or something like that. And I, so, or someone would hand me a box right? and they'd say, you know, do this and that with this. And I'd be standing there thinking, what, what did they want me yeah, to do? You, you didn't have an option. And they already, um, they already gave you the hot potato. Exactly. And uh, and it's so funny that now that I'm going through all of this, it's like I w would love a job like that now where it's very much like you have a task, get it done, you know, prove that you're supposed to be here and, and right. make it work however you can. But when I was 16, I think I would get that box and think, well, now I am probably more likely than not going to do this wrong. And I think that was always my my fear, and that turned into maybe a bigger anxiety of of walking in in the morning, just thinking, "Well, shoot, I'm probably going to mess something up." Yeah, right. And and this was always really cool to see is that 
Megan, who is my older sister, so second in our family, she really liked it. And she was working with like the, you know, insurance companies and stuff like that. And I remember looking at her when I was <laughs> always stressed working at point of sales and looking up at her and she was just look on the phone, you know, like writing stuff down, just yeah. really it seemed like she really understood what was happening. And I always felt like I was just trying to figure out what I was even doing there in the first place. Yeah, but full, full disclosure, two weeks ago, we got home from Megan's wedding where she married one of the young men that was on the staff with her. Mm-hmm. And me. Right? <laughs> oh, and you too. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's so, right. And that's another, like, I remember being on the phone. There's a lower counter and upper counter at the pharmacy. And I would be on the lower counter on the phone and Adam, who is now my brother-in-law, I'd get off the phone and he would say something probably pretty constructive, you know, like I'd hang up the phone and he'd say, you know, next time, like maybe tell them this or next time, like ask this or that. And I would hang up the phone and be like, I don't ever want to do that again because I don't ever want Adam to have to tell me something different. So it was totally on me looking back at it. It's like any job I would have taken probably would have had that same thing. But I think I always felt like I'm being watched more than other people. And he's just trying to find something that I'm doing wrong. But actually, we should talk about that. Because didn't I try to find a different job? And then came right back to the pharmacy? Well, that might have been one of the times where you came in and said you hated it, you know, and you were looking <laughs> elsewhere and things like that. And I'm like, all right, well, see you tomorrow. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's, that's something about me is it's like, I can, I like to complain. But then when it comes down to it, I also, I wanted to make money so badly back then because I could see kind of into the future. Um, So I couldn't see how pharmacy fit into my future, but I saw how working there did. So it was a constant. All right. So those were the main, so those were a couple of the main things. Any other things you remember that, that, that you hated? You know, I think I didn't, when I got into doing, um, being a, what do you, what do you call it? A fill tech? Yeah. Um, where I was actually filling the the prescriptions. I liked that better because it was more of a, um, it was very like standardized, like a very systematic approach. Um, and so instead of having a customer come in and not know what they were going to ask for, um, which was, I think made me, like I said earlier, fearful of like, okay, well, what if they ask for something that I can't do? And then I have to find someone and ask them for help. Being a field tech, it was more like, okay, I'm just going to be behind the counter. I'm going to have this script in my hand. I'm going to fill this. But even then, it was a lot of like fending for yourself, which is so good and so helpful for people in future jobs, I feel like. But yeah, in the moment, I think that was another thing that I didn't especially like. Yeah, And And I think it was hard to work with family too, you know, where it's a person I was asking most of my questions to was my like older brother. Right. Um, so I was like, well, I don't want to bother him. But yeah, it yeah, probably wasn't I, as bad as I made it seem. Well, part of it then too is that's right when a lot of the roles were switching. So we didn't have for sure. We didn't have the guidelines that we have now. And mm-hmm. I think it's easier to it shouldn't be, but it's easier to push around a family member. You don't have to worry so much about being choosing your words and being polite sometimes. And I think sometimes the family members get the brunt of that. I think a lot of your stuff that I'm hearing centered around being anxious there. And that's where some of that came from. It wasn't necessarily being bored or working too hard. It was probably anxiety. 
No, I don't think it was being bored. And I actually really enjoyed that it, it was a lot of like the pharmacists that we had there. There's a few part-time pharmacists. I'm sure a lot of them are still there. But I, I genuinely felt supported by them. And I never really felt like I was stressing them out if I were to ask them a question. Because if you're no. going to the pharmacist for a question, it's probably because it's actually a medical question that needs to be answered by a But inside of yourself, you were probably anxious. But inside of myself, I was anxious. And I think the boredom, like if it was ever a, a morning that it was very slow, then I was, that's when I realized, oh, this isn't that bad. I'm here right now with these people my age, these pharmacists that I like. Um, this is a pretty good job. Not to mention I only had probably four hour shifts at a time. But yeah, I think a lot of what I dealt with at the pharmacy was probably anxiety, which was coming out in other places, you know, other things in my life too. And when I was younger, came out in sports. Right. And so I think, I think, yeah, a lot of it was anxiety. I remember like driving up to the pharmacy would give me anxiety. Yeah. Um, you know, like heart racing and things like that. But did that you, wasn't. Did, did you think about, like, if you had to work a l later shift, was that, was that anxiety on your mind in the morning? I don't think so too much. I think if I was working a later shift, you know, school got out at, 245 and my shift. So you were busy, you were busy and stuff. So I was busy enough and it was kind of fun at school to have everyone else saying, Oh, I'm going to, you know, go sit in my couch or I'm going to go do homework. And I was like, well, I got to go to work, you know, but really it was like, I felt really good about myself for, for being busy come six o'clock. Then it was like, I just yeah. had a lot. I just accomplished so much more. Than yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather have sat on the, on the couch. <laughs> See my Looking see my problem it. as I look back at my career at the pharmacy back in 2011 uh, we cut our hours down to like dinner time six o'clock but I I had anxiety that I didn't even realize it was called that because I would wake up at six or seven some of those days I'd wake up at six or seven and have to go into the pharmacy at like one and so mm -hmm. I'd be like thinking all morning about it just anxious about it because I knew that I had to put in let's say from one to 10, I had to put in like nine hours and deal with, you know, maybe some employee conflicts that I wasn't yet comfortable dealing with. And then also mm -hmm. potential customer conflicts. And, right. and some of those might've come at like nine 30 at night. So I had to be ready to go, you know? So when I woke up at six right. in the morning, I knew that until nine 30 or 10 at night, and some people maybe wanted to meet like after work or something. I, right. I had to be like ready to go for right. 16 hours. And that just drained the crap out of me as also, I think yeah, back the to unpredictability it of it, for sure. Yeah, it's unpredictable. I was just talking to one of my best friends about this, the difference between stress and anxiety. Um, and I think these are the situations where I was never stressed about having to, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, totally different, you being the owner and, and all of that. I think that's a good way to pinpoint like, okay, those were clearly anxieties. I was not... Like I just explained about having to work after school, that was not stressful for me no, at all. No, exactly. I was clearly anxious about it. I was trying to predict things that might never happen. Yeah. I was try trying to decide what might happen, like you said, 16 hours from then. Yeah. Um, and so, so, yeah, I think that's just anxiety is coming out, which is there's a lot of talk about stress in the workplace. Um, yeah, I don't think like it was sometimes. stress that we shared. Yeah. I think we had a, I think we had a genetic, you know, disposition to probably... Yeah anxiety and maybe mm -hmm. you know i i think thinking back i don't think that um that 
I, I think I had a lot of thrown I had a lot thrown on me at a younger age that I was never as I look back, I don't think I was given the, you know, you've got the pressure, but you don't have the tools. You don't have the title to do what you're expected to do. And not that I like to throw titles around, but um, it's it's hard to be in that double bind where you're where you're you've got it kind of coming from both sides and, and no clear sure. definition of what your power is. Right. And that's maybe why I complained while I was working there, because that was my way of saying, you know, yeah, that was your way out of it. That's exactly not, right. Yeah, yeah. This isn't what I want to be doing. When in reality, I probably should have been going in saying, look, I've you know, yeah, been anxious I'm... about this or that. But you, you right. don't know how to talk like that when you're no. when you're 16 or let alone <laughs> ever. Yeah, and, what, you... and, 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 the, and then you, you don't trust that your old man's going to say, well, <laughs> well, all right, well, good. I'll well, go out and <laughs> so I go out and do it. Um, all right. So when you were there, Molly, at the store, did you ever have dreams of saying, you know, when I work, I'm going to be doing Y instead of X because I'll never do this X again. And what, what was that, that you thought you might do someday? Did you know, or it's hard to say anything other than when I was in high school, I knew like people would ask, are you going to take over the pharmacy someday? And I'd say, Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Exactly. But I already knew at that point, too, that I wasn't going into anything medical. And so I also, and maybe that's another part of the pharmacy is that I didn't have that, like, really want to get to know the medications or what yeah. they did necessarily. I think I did always love, I liked the people aspect of being at the pharmacy. Um, so yeah. that was fun if people would come in and just chat and stuff like that. And then I also, at that point, knew that I liked I, I loved my English class. So in high school, that's where I was at with that is that I knew I didn't want to go into a medical field. And then other than that, I was just looking at, you know, my high school classes. That's really all I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, and then going into college, which I was still working at the pharmacy, I think my freshman and sophomore year of college, I was also nannying. I had a few different nanny jobs and I was also going to Grand Rapids Community College for a while. And I think there, I think the entire time I was at uh, GRCC, I was thinking I was going to go into journalism or PR or communications or something like that. Oh, yeah, right. But you have to keep in mind, I was also coming from, I was seeing you as a business owner. So I remember, I don't know if I can name drop some some places here, but I remember seeing things like 834, you know, marketing and PR that's, that's yeah. here in Grand Rapids. And I remember stumbling upon their website and going upstairs uh, to you and mom and being like, look, I just found like my dream job. Um, right. But it wasn't working for them. It was like, this is what I want to be doing. So, that so was you thought time. it was cool to see, you thought it was kind of cool to see your old man in, in the business role, but you knew you didn't want to do the the medical and that like, you know, retail setting. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool. And I think maybe then I didn't hear even much of like the running a business from you, but I knew that like you got to do the interviewing the the employees and just giving people jobs in general was kind That's of right. like kind of felt exciting to me. Not to mention the fact that when I did go up there and say talk about eight thirty four, you were like, oh yeah, I know so and so. So it was also I just knew that there was a whole community around it too. Well, um, sometimes I might have fibbed a little bit. I, <laughs> I I happen to have known her, but sometimes it's like I might know them in the sense that I know that they're from Grand Rapids or something like that. Right. No, right. I really knew them. I, I would never. I never teased you. I do remember the time though, Molly, about four, about five years ago or, or so, you said to me, dad, I realized that 
I realized that all the times I asked you questions <laughs> that you were not always right or something like that. Was it something like that? Or maybe you said that you lied on purpose. No. No, I think it was, I think I was giving you a compliment. I think I was saying I don't know. It doesn't that, sound like a compliment. <laughs> no, I think it was. I think I felt really good about saying that to you because I think when I was younger, I used to ask you you know how kids ask all these questions. Um I think right. I still ask those questions into adulthood, but you would always give me an answer. So it was never oh, yeah. I I catch myself like when I'm nannying or talking to younger siblings and stuff. My response most of the time is, you know, I'm not sure, or I'm not right. sure. Let's figure that out. But then you'd um, go on, like my dad would say, he said, I don't, I don't know. But then you'd go on and talk for 30 minutes about it. Right, right. And I say, I so. don't know, don't say anything. And you wouldn't say, I don't know. You'd say, well, that's because of this and that. And oh, I see where the offensive part comes in. Because <laughs> what was what? Because you'd say this and that, and then I'd sit there probably for about five seconds saying. That's definitely not right. Even like my six-year-old self would be something about like the, the stars. Or <laughs> a lot of them um, were right, though. A lot of them were right, and I'm so that no, that was like a kudos to you for for not doing for, the, the for typical, being confident. Yeah, just like I don't know, just like I don't know. I would say something to you. You would say something, I, and then I was like, okay, and that was that was also probably your tactic to get me to stop talking because then I probably was, didn't keep asking the same question over and over again. Um, hmm, I don't know. All right. So at some point then, uh, so you, you come in with that, but then eventually now you had to go to school or didn't have mm -hmm. to go, but you were, mm -hmm. we, we like to, we, we, we encourage it. And so mm -hmm. well, how did you decide what you were going to do in school then knowing that you weren't going to, take over the family business like no one was going to of the kids. Um, so, well, that was the coolest part of going to GRCC, I think. And I fought it for a long time. You know, and, I and that's, and that's what? The community college in town here? Yep. Yep. It's Grand Rapids Community College, which I would recommend for anyone to go there, especially if you don't know what you're going to do. Just because it was like a time, it was a buffer zone for me, but I was still taking all the credits that I needed. But what I'm realizing is that sometimes you take one class in school or I would hear stories like when you take a class and you're super interested in it, like that's how you know that's what you're you're going to do. That was not the case for me because I think I took a lot of classes where I was like, nope, absolutely not. Um, right. I don't ever want to do that again. But then the classes that I did like, I think just confused me more because I was like, this is this is great. But like this is a English, you know, 201 class that I'm you know, right. writing short stories or whatever in. And, um, but yeah, when I was at GRCC, so I worked at the, I worked at the pharmacy probably like 18 hours a week. Um, I had a couple nanny jobs. Um, really, I think I was just trying to stay busy to the point where I didn't have to be home all that much because I was so frustrated that all my friends were moving into dorms oh, yeah, and things right. like that. So I was just trying to keep myself busy, uh, which worked out because the things I was doing to keep myself busy also um, paid me. <laughs> so, sure. um, so I was paying my way through GRCC and I think at that point, there were a few times where I did consider like nutrition as a degree because oh, I yeah. think, um, and I don't know if that had anything to do with the pharmacy or not, but I've always been kind of interested in that. And I think pharmaceuticals for me were always like a, I liked kind of like the challenging, like you always wanted to challenge pharmaceuticals. You know, it's easy to get wrapped up in that this is what's what's prescribed and things like that. Yeah, so right. Nutrition was kind of the counter of that where it was like, yeah. okay, well, what can we first try to prevent with nutrition? Um, that was for sure always interest interesting to me. Um, and now I'm plant based, so that makes sense. Oh, you're you're plant based. Um, I'm plant based now, uh, mostly probably because I just loved figuring things out. You know, kind of like reading yeah. the studies and things like that. 
but then I think the business side of things. So I guess I should say what I'm doing right now. I'm in sales right now. So well, so, so you you went to school, then you went yep. to the, a state school. Yep. Oh yeah. And I'll you keep talking and, about the and, and you I'll graduated. You graduated with a business degree. Yep. So I I did my associates in GRCC. Then you, got a, then you got a business there. degree of a few hours away from here. Yep. Then I went to to school up north. Hour. Got my business degree. It was communications and business. Still at that point, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I had a couple, I had a marketing internship. Marketing was fun. It was what I wanted to be doing, but I still would, would go home and say like, why, like, why was I just doing that? You know, like, what was the purpose behind it? What was the purpose behind it? Because like I said before, I liked, I like getting paid. Obviously everyone likes working to get some money from it, but then it was, I would still go home and think that's not enough for me to just know that I'm benefiting the the owner of this company. Okay, so then you got then you got a job and it seems like there maybe wasn't you didn't see the purpose the, the bigger purpose in that. So, yeah, after I graduated um, from college, then I got my real estate because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I like was writing like short stories. <laughs> I wrote a vegan children's book just for fun. I was living at home, so I had a, a little bit of time, and I didn't have crazy student loans because I did the community college thing. So I was like, you know what? Like, what? What do I really just genuinely like? I was trying to take the business, the successful business people's advice of, like Barbara Corcoran, for instance. She's always like, do a love hate list. So sit down and and do a column of what you love and what you hate. And she said, and, and don't do what you hate. <laughs> so in my love column, there was real estate was really high up there because I, I always knew that I liked real estate and not just like the, the cool house, cool houses and HGTV aspect of it. I knew that I really liked the like investing side of it. I liked the, even like paperwork and stuff like that. It was like, okay, someone has to as automated yeah, as the real business estate side is, of it. Yeah. Someone has to be there just as a, to be a guide for who, whoever's buying their house. You don't really need to find the house for someone anymore, but you you do need to to be the guidance. Sure. So, I knew that about real estate. Um, so I wrote that on my love list. I wrote that I I loved people. I wrote that I didn't want to have, you know, a desk job. That was something that I thought I would have hated. So then I got my real estate license because I was like, this is something that I can do in the next few weeks. I can get my license. I'll feel like I'm actually being productive instead of just sitting here twiddling my thumbs waiting for a, a job to come along. Okay, so then a job, but then a job comes along, and the yep. last thing you said, you hated a desk job. But where did you find yourself then, <laughs> calling calling up your mom and dad, complaining? What were you? What were you? What were you doing all day? Where were you in prison? So, I was working as a leasing agent at a job, and honestly, I loved. Being the leasing agent, I hated being the property manager. Because um, people were calling you and say the toilet was plugged up and that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's – so the first part of my job was leasing these apartments. I was good at it. Um, I loved meeting new people every day. I loved not being in an office. Um, and then all of a sudden, one of our properties started getting more filled up and they said, we're going to put you there. You're going to manage the property and then be a leasing agent. And it was pretty much not long after I was stuck in one spot that I was, I think, calling you and mom saying, what do I do? Like, this is... Right, because that was on your hate list. It was on my hate list, for sure. And I Sitting at a desk or sitting at the place the whole time. Yep, and I tried to counteract it by coming up with all these, um, what I thought would be beneficial for the company, like coming up with programs and things that I thought would help. And long story short, 
um, I ended up realizing, okay, if I want to keep doing real estate, it's probably not here. Wait um, a minute. I have a question. Did, how often mm-hmm. did you go into your boss and tell him that you hate your job? <laughs> um, I said it in a different way. Yeah, I bet you did. I was more productive about it. Let's just yeah. say that. All right. So you told him that. You knew it was time to move on. I knew it was time to move on, but I didn't I didn't even go in there say giving an ultimatum. It was more like I tried for a few months to be like here's the processes that I think need to be in place so that one of us doesn't have to, you know, sit there all day when it's when I'm still working on these other properties or whatever it was. So then then this is the really funny part. I took a very much desk job and that's what I'm doing right now. But it was just so that I had something to do in the meantime while I was in real estate, whoever's holding your license. Normally, it's your broker and they get a part of like any sales that you do. Um, so I really just had to get my license out of there to do whatever I wanted to do next. Um, so right now, I am working a sales job where I sit at a desk <laughs> basically <laughs> from 8 to 5.30. <laughs> All right. So what, So if you knew you hated that, why didn't you go right from your... Why didn't you go right from your being in the prison as a leasing agent to something else? How did you get, why did you get stuck? Why'd you go back to the desk job? So I went back to the desk job because, well, first of all, I was considering going back to school um, to become a counselor um, because I I had really positive experiences. And I thought that being a people person meant that I should probably just be sitting across from a person all day. Um, Right. So that was part of it, why I didn't just want to jump back into real estate. I think the other part of it is I'm realizing this more and more. I've been at this job for three months now, is that I didn't want to go back into real estate. And I do appreciate the like being in a position where you need the money so much that you you make it happen no matter what. But I also was like, okay, I'm paying rent right now. I have a dog. <laughs> I have responsibilities. And I didn't want those. It's not only a dog, it's my grandson. <laughs> Yeah, little Mason. He's so cute. Um, so he's definitely worth it. So I didn't want to not be able to feed him or take him to the vet. That so you needed important. some financial security until you decided what you really were going to do back in real estate or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But I, yeah, because I, like I said, I, I get the whole, you know, be so desperate that you need to make it happen. But I also didn't want there to be any reason that I, tried it and then stopped doing it because of financial reasons. So I didn't want it to be that I had this, these great ideas for real estate and then just tried them. It wasn't making money from it and, and stopped it altogether. Right. Um, but I also needed a job that I wasn't too one anxious about. I knew that a desk job, I yeah. probably wasn't going to be anxious. I was probably just going to not love it. That's big. Yeah. And I needed something pretty mindless so that I could generate some ideas for my business. And, you know, this job that I'm doing right now, it does have commission. So that's enough to keep me a, a little bit uh, motivated right. at this job too. So now I, I transferred my real estate license and I'm really trying to create for the first time a brand that's me. Because I think what I'm realizing is that I don't do well making money for someone else. If that's mm-hmm. the, if that feels like it's the, the top purpose of what I'm doing, um, like in my finance classes in college, the the purpose of of finance is literally to make money for the owners of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, our professor would have us like repeat after him, like your job is to make money for the owners of the company. That's what all of this comes down to. Um, I remember leaving and being like, what are they talking about? Like, that's what, 
That's was that incentive? Was that incentive to have you do something on your own, or was he just saying, um, no, it was "Don't like, lose focus." Don't lose focus. Like if you're working, because a lot of the classes I was taking in school were like they wanted you to get internships with, um, say, like Chevrolet or or Ford or um, PepsiCo right. and stuff like that. So they were like, "Don't lose sight of why you're doing all of this nitty gritty finance stuff." Like the purpose of this is to make the numbers work, so that you're making money for the owners. And I, I liked stats. I liked finance. I, I like figuring out how to launch businesses. I like the startup phases of things. But I also think like, for instance, I could easily use my veganism and possibly start a business or possibly start a brand around that. But I also am super passionate about real estate. And it's something that I can teach other people to do as well. That's going to make them money. It, it's, it's, very, it's, it's hard to explain right now because I'm still trying to figure it out. And are um, you going to, and, and, and how long, you don't want to give away your, uh, to your current bosses, but are you going to be doing that side by side for a bit? I think for a bit. So basically, I mean, there's, there's a lot of hours in the day. There's a lot of hours in the day. Um, and a lot of it is time blocking, um, which half of the podcasts and books I read right now are, uh, based around, um, real estate and real estate investing and real estate sales. The other half is based on social media marketing, time management, self-love, finding your purpose, launching your passion into a career. Um, so I'm very much trying to intertwine. Yeah, I didn't. Things. I didn't hear about listening to mine in that. <laughs> sounds like sounds like it was fifty percent on both. Maybe squeezing, to- <laughs> maybe squeezing a squeezing a percent for your papa once in a while. Listening to your, I did listen to your. I've listened to a few episodes, and I all right. So what? So what's different? What What's different now? You started out for, let's say, a few months out of school in real estate, sold some houses, and then decided to go with the leasing agent. What's different now? What have you learned in the last couple years that says you're maybe ready to do this again? I think it's realizing that there is space in real estate for me to be myself, I guess, as cheesy as that sounds. There's space for me to not only do it differently because there's plenty of real estate agents approaching it in a different way, but there's only one real estate agent that's me. So right. your brand. I, yeah. So if I can recognize that I can create this brand and I don't have to immediately listen to someone else's advice, there's a big difference between finding a mentor and following them and then selecting everything you've learned from them and applying only what works for you to your business. Right. Big difference between doing that than there is to just follow so far into someone's footsteps that you feel like you're not even doing what you wanted to do in the first place. Right. Um, Which I think I've done that already in real estate. I've done it in other jobs. And I think maybe it's just because I'm I'm a few years older um, and realizing this now, but yeah, there's, there's space for me there. To build your brand Let's talk about let's talk about marketing methods, and I don't mean hand to hand combat of taking people to lunch and joining a club and things like that, mm-hmm. but on the front of advertising, all the way from uh, TV, radio, you know, f- flyers, social media, billboards, or if I didn't say that yet, yard signs. Mm-hmm. How much? How much of that is social media? What percent is social media out of the things that I just mentioned there? 
Well, I can only speak for myself right now and what I think is yeah, going for to yourself. happen for my business. Right now, social media is probably 75% or it's going to be for me. See, I thought it'd be higher than that. Well, the reason being is that there's a lot of connections to be made within the real estate world. So there's a huge part of it that's trying to, like for me, my main thing is I want to connect with people who are in the same exact spot that I am right now because I can't pretend to know anything other than what I know about real estate, you know, the nitty gritties of it. And then I also so know twenty five. So 25% of that is time spent going to lunch with them and 25% meeting them I would and, say, yeah, it's just being in the world of real estate offline, meaning, yeah, soaking it all up, learning and things like that. But I guess if we're talking about marketing, then it might be more. Um, and I, I could even, I could even say that mine's going to be closer to a hundred percent, especially after this first phase of, of getting to know everything. Cause marketing right now for me, it's like, I would love to do more off market deals, which is easier said than done. So marketing right now is, yeah, it's right now it's 25% of, of doing what off, we just Off market about. being before things hit the, the airwaves? Before things hit the MLS, because once they hit the MLS, it's, uh. <laughs> so would that 25% um, of non-social be, could it still be? Did you mean that it's just not social to your customers, but you still might use it as that 25% might be social to your colleagues? Or do you mean that that 25%, you'll probably find a different way to get to your colleagues by taking them to lunch and going golfing with them and meeting them at bars or whatever? Yeah, I think it could be like, for instance, today I had um, a conversation during my lunch break with um, a mortgage lender that I had previous clients use, um, which was beneficial for me. But then there's also aspects of that that I'm like, okay, now I can probably take this content and maybe turn it into something that ends up being social media. Um, but there's also situations where you're going out for drinks for a couple hours a night with a friend that you might not even know you're going to talk about real estate, and then you end up talking about it, um, and then you end up being their agent. So. I think you have to factor that in. Otherwise, you start forgetting that there's people, human interaction. People, humans there. Yeah. See what the, the reason I the reason our our audience right now is is mainly pharmacists, mm-hmm. um, but you know, pharmacy took a pretty decent hit with mm-hmm. like six hundred pharmacists getting booted from um, Walmart and two hundred. Walgreens pharmacies being closed. And so a lot of that. a lot of pharmacists now, and they might be sitting in the car riding right now, um, are listening closely, I believe, because even though this is real estate, they're gonna be looking for jobs either in the pharmacy market or or in or in other things. And a big part of that is is creating their brand and mm-hmm. um and so Molly w- w- the so one once once you go let's say whatever the percentage is let's say it's 70 or 80 or 90 or 100% social once you hit social uh and that's going to include uh podcast YouTube um Instagram you know Facebook um you know Snapchat all those other TikTok, all those other things that you kids do nowadays on the internets. Um, w- give me a rundown of, of what percentage are you going to 
what percentage do you think you'll be spending on each? Instagram is going to be huge. Um, I'm already on Instagram. So my first, just a few weeks ago, I did my first post on Instagram on my, my personal page, because I was like, this is going to, if I'm building a personal brand, I should just start with sure who I already am. It's going to be a lot on there, mostly for the visual aspect of it. So like a huge part of what I've been trying to do is make everything very visually like pleasing. So like presets on photos, um, doing most of the photos of my face because everyone's used to seeing a crappy photo of a house uh, when you're talking about real estate. So if I can put my face on there as much as I can, let them know what I'm doing, talk about my own personal process in real estate, that's going to be a huge part of it because I will be investing in houses and stuff like that here within the next year. So Instagram is going to be huge for the visual storytelling part of it. Um, YouTube is going to be pretty big for me as well because I want to do um, like walkthroughs of potential properties that I would invest in and then have something at like either in the middle of the video or whatever that breaks down the numbers in a super simple way, like something that I would want to see. So if there's a house in a market, it's just listed. YouTube's visual, but then you can also um, use it for like blog content and stuff like that. So YouTube is going to be a very it's something that I can take and, and place wherever I need it to be. Or I can take part of my YouTube video and put it on my Instagram story. So YouTube, even if people aren't going to YouTube and searching my name, um, it's going to be a platform that I will probably need to use. Facebook, there's still a place for Facebook. Um, just but that's so mainly knows. for us old farts. Well, not even, Facebook is, has become a, a landing page for, for the information on your your business, you know, just the standard well, information yeah. when you're open. F- F- Facebook um, is almost like the website of, of it's almost like social media now. Yep. Yep. It's a social right. form of everything that's on your website. So it can get a little more wordy. Than, yeah. It's got your hours. It's got your links. It's got space yep. for pictures yep. and posts mm-hmm. and calendars and all that. Yep. So, and then Pinterest is really, it's going to be a lot of um, using other ads to, to bring traffic to my website. So it, I think uh, Pinterest, Pinterest is a I think Pinterest is a lady thing. Just like YouTube has a ton of ha, well, it really really trends towards the men. I think Pinterest is ladies. I think there are a lot of women on Pinterest, but also Pinterest is interesting because it's really like an SEO thing more than it is a social platform. Like I would Meaning- probably not be publishing much content onto Pinterest, but I would probably be repinning or or maybe doing a photo from one of my blogs on Pinterest, but it's really, you want to drive traffic to your website from Pinterest. No one's, you're, you don't really want people to stay on Pinterest as much as you, if you were on Instagram, you would want people to stay on your page on Instagram. But it's not SEO in terms of Google scraping it or something like that, right? You mean it's just like, it's just a way to like, it's like if you typed in something on the Pinterest, you would type in the first few words of what you knew that you were doing, and then you would wait for that third keyword to pop up, and then that's how you would know where, what to be pinning, like where to be driving people. Um, I don't get pin. I don't get Pinterest. I understand all the other ones, but it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's really got to because it's a lady thing that I just don't understand. Well, it's also totally different. It's it's something that's super different. If you're in the consumer side of it, or if you're on the business side of it, it's very different because they're just they're used in, in totally different ways. Um, where Instagram, it's kind of the same across the board. You know, P- Pinterest maybe because I don't. As long as I have my phone, I'm happy and my computer I'm happy but mm-hmm. Pinterest is maybe focused more on on like product and house design and 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 that mm-hmm. kind of stuff maybe which I don't mm-hmm. really have a huge interest in. I don't have any money but partially I don't have a huge interest in that of those right. objects I guess right 
But to bring this back to pharmacy, who was on, um, I was listening to one of your episodes, in fact, um, she called herself a rebel pharmacist. Um, yeah, that was, um, I don't remember. that was Asha, Asha Dr. Yep. Asha. Yep, Dr. Asha. And I thought that was interesting. So after I was listening to the um, episode, I went on um, just to kind of see like, you know, what she was doing. She used a lot of like acronyms and things like that. Um, so I was trying to like, trying to figure out, I was like, okay, if she calls herself a rebel pharmacist, like what would that mean? Say I had gotten involved in the pharmacy world and then discovered being plant-based and then what, or if, or if someone lost their job in pharmacy, I, I was starting to think if I wanted to stay a pharmacist and not practice pharmacy in traditional a way pharmacy, saying, yeah, yeah. what would I do? And I instantly applied the same thing. It's like how I said, there's a space for me in real estate. Um, there's a space for someone who's not traditionally practicing pharmacy. There's still a, a space for them in pharmacy. And I think a lot of that is creating your personal brand because how many times do I hear of a pharmacist and I, I don't, I don't have a, a face to a name or I don't even really care about the name. I picture Walgreens. If I had someone who knew the ins and out of pharmacy, um, which I think is what's cool about the podcast that you're doing and, and everyone else coming out with their own podcast or Dr. Asha and how she's talking about being a rebel pharmacist and um, how she's training and teaching people about their bodies and also about pharmacy. Um, there's just there's so much there because now we can have these platforms for ourselves, which can be dangerous. It's, it's dangerous that people can create a platform, but you're already a pharmacist. You're already licensed. Right. You're already in the field. So so take what you know and do something with it besides filling prescriptions behind a counter. I don't know if that makes sense, but there's there's so many things that you can apply from knowing social media and, and marketing and things like that. Do you see that helping the pharmacist in a larger capacity, like still working for a hospital and so on? Or do you see it more as being able to do some side job, side hustles, whatever you want to call it on their own? I think it goes hand in hand. It might not necessarily be like how I, in real estate, you would call it lead generation if you got a lead from, you know, your social media or something like that. For pharmacy, it's not so much that you would be posting to try to get someone to come into your pharmacy. Now, it might happen that way, that if you're in a a town like Grand Rapids, someone might be like, oh my gosh, I've been seeing this pharmacist. He's hilarious on on this and that. People come in for selfies with me and signatures all the time. (laughs) See, that's exactly what I mean. (laughs) Yeah, you might want to share with your viewers that uh, they don't. That's not true. <laughs> um, they don't. But no, I think it would more be, and I don't think it has to be like something on the side. You might be doing it when you're not working in the pharmacy. Um, but but you're saying though that that raises the awareness of them for a job in a bigger institution. I don't know, but maybe it just takes you out of that for a little bit and. And I don't know. I don't know enough about like working for. Well, a- well some yeah, and, and sometimes it's just you don't you don't know. I mean, I'll just I'll just give a, a quick tooting of my horn right now. <laughs> but I think because of these podcasts, I just got invited by our, our local TV station to come on the the morning show the the third Wednesday of every month. You know, forever or as or until they you know I'm not getting paid, but until they tell me I can't come in, and and that came from this. Now who knows what will happen from that? So I don't. I, I think it's the old saying like, I think the old saying is like, luck. Luck is, you know, l- luck is not really luck. It's doing you know 
thousands of things and then you get lucky. I I know mm-hmm. I'm I'm not even close on what I'm not even close on that saying, <laughs> but it's something like I know, maybe it's you create luck. Yes. That's <laughs> that it. That seems right. When in I think that's more <laughs> that's more pithy. You create you create luck. That's what it was. I was listening to Mean, a podcast meaning today, that you, and they said, "When in doubt, just say that you're quoting Abraham Lincoln or something." <laughs> 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 no one's right. going to no question. One um, no one knows. Yes, yeah, that, the great so, the great Abraham Lincoln said, "You create luck." <laughs> but it's so true because you wouldn't have been sure. You might have been discovered by by filling prescriptions behind a counter, but you also you might have been discovered by doing this podcast, and someone might discover your pharmacy by listening to you on that show. Yeah, you never know. And sometimes so really it's it could just, be a yeah. cycle. And I, I, I don't even think there's enough uh, research or enough people doing it to even be able to track something like that um, and what the influence is on your no. your business. But um, it would be interesting. And I think we're closer and closer to finding out um, with what you're doing. Yeah, so. it's, it's a new – it's certainly a new um, a new thing. Hey, let me stump you on one, Molly. I want to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. Um, if you use your own face for – for your business, your own person. Here's a problem I have with that with some realtors where it's like I signed up on Facebook mainly so I could, you know, stalk them and gossip about their home life and, <laughs> you know, say rude comments behind their back and things like that. But I didn't think I was signing up for that to get advertised to for their multi-level marketing or their whatever. So for example, mine, my pharmacy is a different name than than Mike Kelzer. So when I'm Mike Kelzer, no one knows typically I'm I don't bring anything into that, but I have my separate thing. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? That people say, well I want to be Molly's friend, but I don't want her just selling me, you know, a house mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Well that's what is super fun about this is that I am Molly and I am doing real estate, but real estate is not who I am. So my Instagram page is my brand, whether that means real estate or whatever it is that I do next. But it's also, it's an inside look at my life where I am practicing real estate or I am looking for a house. Yeah, I suppose. Also, it might just be me hanging out with my dog. The reason I'm doing this is that because I know that I'll have probably another idea in the near future. And I want to be able to channel off of that and say, oh, you've been seeing that I've been practicing real estate a little bit because it won't be, like I said, it's not going to be the photos of houses and things like that. It's going to be me oh, that's right. being yeah, it's real be more of, about practicing real estate. If I realize yeah, that I need a place to post these houses and stuff, that's when I name it Molly Kelzer Real Estate or that's when I do oh, I bet, that. But I, I got you. I there's got also going to be a hundred other things that I might do that I want them to know that I'm still the same person doing that. Um, yeah, I gotcha. So that's yeah, the, gotcha. the personal brand mixed with the the business brand is it's a very fine line, um, and I'm still figuring out how to do it. But also, if I lose you know followers because of something like that, then you have to start thinking, okay, is that because I'm being pushy, which I really don't want, or is that because people are you know have their own opinions on where they're at well, in their lives or whatever it is? Yeah, and, and a couple of good things is that no one's running from you. Like like when I go to a store and there's like. Girl Scout cookies, I like go to a different door because I don't want to look cheap by not buying Girl Scout cookies. Mm -hmm. But no one's going to run from you because they, no one's going to not want to look you in the eye because they're not buying the most recent house that you're talking about. 
right. kind of thing. Right. And then secondly is I was just making that decision today because as I start doing some consulting off of this for, for people who might think I could share something with them behind the scenes, I'm going to come in at this as Mike Kelzer and mm -hmm. one of the Mike because one of the reasons is, is because I don't know where I'm going with things and I can, and that helps me pivot more mm -hmm. quickly. And, and people can argue and say, well, your brand's not as strong. It's like, yeah, but I can pivot, pivot quicker. And this is kind of, yep. you know, kind of who I am now. Yep. It's All right. Pivoting. So Molly, what's that? Pivot. That's a good word for it. Well, I stole it from the, I, I stole it from the last couple of people I interviewed. <laughs> um, t all right, so right now, I'm going to ask you two, two or three questions as we close here. Mm -hmm. What What is big on your mind now? Like, what keeps you up with these bigger this bigger life decision? What would be something that you're like, mm, I don't know about this? Something that I'm not sure about. Yeah, like 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 this next step. You're like, you know, and it could be like, am I am I am I doing this in the right city? Am I making the right mm -hmm. call? Should I be doing this instead? Should I be doing that? What kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. What's I like think a big it actually, one? Actually, <laughs> this is going to loop back to where we started. Is that I kind of feel sometimes it's called a lot of the people I listen to call it imposter syndrome, where you feel like a fraud. Kind of, you feel like a like one of the podcasters I listened to is a photographer and she called her, she called herself at first a photographer. Um, mm. because she was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Um, so it was really what, what keeps me up sometimes is just all of the second guessing. And I found a way to get past that because a lot of times when I start second guessing, I get into this whole rabbit hole of reasons why I shouldn't do it. But if I'm only second guessing my ability to do real estate, then right now it's as simple as like I was talking to my boyfriend, Charlie, and I was like, wait a minute, I, wasn't I really good at my leasing job? Like, wasn't I really, yeah. really good at that? And he was like, right. yeah, you were like, <laughs> like go to bed. Why? Like, and I was yeah, like, right. what, wasn't I like, wasn't I super good at it? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, think of all the leases you got or whatever. And it's like, didn't I try to create something really, really cool there that I wanted to that they wouldn't accept. So then I wanted to bring it to a new business. And he's like, yes, yes. So it's like, exactly. If you talk to yourself. If you had a friend who was trying to start this business and you were like, they were That's doubting themselves. All you have to say is, look, you're good at it. Treat them like you treat your treat. If you treated yourself, like you treated your friends more often, you'd be better to yourself. You would. I mean, it's the same as when you look in the mirror. It's like we say, we always say so many things that you would you would never say that to your friend. Or if your friend says that they look bad in a picture, like you would never say the things that you say to yourself. No, you would never say that to your it's friend. It's the same That's thing good. with your idea. Like That's good advice. The things that keep you up at night, like really address where your anxieties are coming from. So it's like for me, it's like, like I said, I could have that one anxiety of, or the one thought of, well, I don't know what I'm, you know, I don't belong here. I don't belong I in know. real estate. I just spent two hours looking at other real estate agents who are killing it out there. And I have don't right. have that capacity. If I can address that, that's really what I'm thinking of and not get stuck in this rabbit hole of, well, then I'll probably just do something else or whatever. If I can address that, I'm questioning my ability to practice real estate, then it's as simple as saying, look, yeah, that's you're right. good at it. There's a space right. for you here. You can do it. So that's, that is certainly true. But now I'm stuck on now I'm stuck on the thought that maybe I should be calling this show the business of FOMACY. <laughs> what is that? F-A-U-X, right? Yeah. Is it FO? Yeah. 
Now I got to do that, I think, the business of FOMACy. No, because you know what you're talking about. I guess I'm okay. All right. (laughs) Second question for you. Um, If you still had to have a job, but you could have enough money right now to have all of the help you needed, assistance or whatever you need, what do you think you'd be doing like career-wise most of the day, whether it's, you know, writing or or visiting this or talking to this or what, what would you, what do you think you like to do actually during the day? I think it would have to be something where there's a a human on the other side. So maybe it'd be like, I don't know, consulting, or maybe it's being someone's assistant or something as simple as just making sure that I have these real human interactions. Um, And I think also seeing like immediate, results, whether it's it's for me in a business or for somebody else. So I think if I had yeah. to choose to do something in, in real estate, I would probably just reach out to someone I can learn from and say, what can I do for you? <laughs> because right. I think if I'm going to have to make someone else money, it might as it should probably be something that I'm in line with that or I'd try to work at, I don't know, an animal sanctuary, <laughs> you know, something just totally. Yeah. But uh, but no project management marketing things like that um that's that's and and when you say and when you say a human on the other side you don't need to be you don't need to be seeing them as long as you're typing to somebody or do you need to actually be around people i think i really like being around people (laughs) i'm finding i like people a lot less as i get older but (laughs) that'll come to you just wait that'll come (laughs) oh i'm sure it will you'll get there no i um you know but then i i also do i like working like if someone gave me the option to go to a coffee shop and work or stay at home i'd probably say let me just stay at home with my dog but i think if i had an option of sitting at a desk or going out and, and talking to people i'd probably choose talking to people but i think it also depends on what you're doing you know if someone's like you have to go out and sell i don't know blenders to someone i'd probably you know like yeah i don't know how to do that Um, yeah but all right third question Mm -hmm. um now someone says you you got to put everything on hold for a year you've got plenty of money but you got to put all your business pretty much every business thought on hold every social media thought on hold what what would you what would you do for a year not able to progress if you're not able to progress with your career or your schooling or whatever how would you spend a year you mean would i be working a, a 9 to 5 or anything like no, that no you can't you work totally- no you can't well you could if you don't want to get paid for it you're not going to get paid for it and you're not able to progress you're not able you're not able to really improve yourself what do you like to do would you play piano all day no, probably not. Or maybe I would. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'd pick something and get really good at it. Or maybe I'd train for a marathon. Um, no, I'd probably yeah, travel. That's... I'd probably um, I'd probably buy a van and go and and travel with Mason, who's my dog. But there's lots of lots of places I want to see, and I think I could learn a lot just from experience. Yeah, that's like things, so. That's like when Mom and I were in Paris. That was that was. <laughs> You've been to Paris. Yeah. Yeah, have and mom I, and I um, have mom and I have mom and I been to Paris? No, and for anyone no, who's listening, no, but we pretend we've been to Paris because we, we gotta all get our them. kids go. We got to get you guys out. We got to get you guys to go do something we like have to that. Just get but, out um, more. Yeah, I mean, no, it's um, I have not seen as many places that I, as I would like to see, and I'm I'm slowly experiencing more things. But man, if I had a year to just go off and you know, even just going going around the United States with with my dog, it's really like 
I love the idea of living so, and that's what's, I, I can picture myself with, you know, having a successful business and, and having money and stuff. But when it comes down to it, it's like, I know that I also would love to just automate everything, which is what I was trying to do in the the leasing, you know, company I worked for. It's, automate it's it. like, I would love automating it. I'd love giving other people a chance to, you know, work for me and, and do their thing while I, I don't know. I'd, well, I'd go meet new people and experience new things. Um, yeah, people so, people used to ask me if I if I read the four hour work week, and I thought, why do I want to increase my workload by by two? You know, <laughs> that's but, funny. I just listened to a podcast with Tim Ferriss today. It was on the Bigger Pockets podcast, and Tim Ferriss was on it. Um, that was a pretty good episode. But yeah, um, he's got some real real good ideas. But he does, he does, and he's um, really into meditating and stuff like that. So I think I would. I think I'd use a year to just really dig deep into myself. Um, I'd travel, I'd spend some time, um, probably working out, um, really narrowing down on uh, my, my diet and being plant-based and things like that. Um, but more importantly, I would just find that whether you want to call it self-love or, or understanding yourself or self-respect or whatever it is, um, I think that it's nearly impossible to start an authentic brand, um, without digging deep in yourself first. So yeah, without digging deep in there, (laughs) that'd be ideal. Yeah, yeah, year would be nice. I think I'd, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I would do, but it, that's not the question to me at this point. So, <laughs> but yours sounds like a good plan. Yeah, yours sounds like a good plan. Yeah. All right, Molly. Well, nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me on. Maybe you'll invite me on again, and I can. Uh, Maybe I will. <laughs> After I listen and to I actually, I, I actually, not only invite you on, I invite you to the house for dinner tonight. Oh, perfect. <laughs> do you um? How, how do people get a hold of you if they want to say hey? So right now, Instagram, it's it's Molly Kelzer, M O L L Y K O E L Z E R. And Instagram is where like I'm gonna post updates for like website and anything like that. So for now I'm on Instagram, um, and then it'll probably be mollycalzer.com um, here in a couple of days. Is, is is Instagram is your is your thing public? It is. Yep. Okay, because if it was pu- if it wasn't public, could they still message you or not? I think they could still message me. I'd have to approve it. But nope, it's public. Oh. So follow me, message me, and then you can also um, stay updated. I know most people probably aren't in this area who are listening, but it might be fun to share ideas for branding and all of that. Okay, honey. Love you. Thanks for coming on. Love you too. Thanks for having me. We'll see you later. All right. We'll we'll see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Business of Pharmacy podcast with me, your host, Mike Kelzer. Please subscribe for all future episodes.